Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and this is on MTR Podcast. My next guest is a lifelong lover of film and one of the three founding members of the Baltimore Video Collective. Please welcome Kevin Coelho. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. So obviously your building looks like you're hypnotizing folks. So let's yeah. <laughs> let's get right into those vital stats. Um, who, who's who's Kevin Coelho? Who is the Baltimore Video Collective? What's beyond video? Speak on that, please. Um, well, like you said, I'm one of right now three of the uh, founding um, members, managers um, at the store. Um, the Baltimore Video Collective um, started in uh, 20, 2012. Um, and just to sort of go back to the little history of Baltimore video stores. Um, we started when the Video American, um, do, do you remember them? I, I don't, but I've read, a, I've read a lot and doing a research on you guys. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so Video American was like a local chain, um, not just in Baltimore, they had stores in DC, Delaware, uh, I think New Jersey too. And um, they had two, stores in Baltimore for a really long time. One was in Charles village on St. Paul street, mm -hmm. uh, which is now in an abandoned basement in, across the street from the eddies. <laughs> um, and then the other one was in Roland park and it is now a smoothie King. Um, it's on Roland, uh, it's on Keswick and cold spring lane. I know what that's at. <laughs> um, so if you drive by those places, those used to be really banging video stores. Um, so the first one, I was the manager of the uh, Charles Village one um, for a number of years. And when they announced that they were going to shut that one, that one was the first one that they were going to shut down. Um, we kind of started the planting the seeds for the Baltimore Video Collective. Um, we weren't exactly sure what the end result would be, Um but a lot of uh, employees, former employees, and just friends of the store kind of got together. And the plan was, how can we save this collection? Because the collection was amazing. I mean, it was like one easily in the top 10 in the country, um, top five East Coast, um, outside of New York and LA. It would be hard to find one that rivaled us, um, the two Video American stores. Unfortunately, saving the collection didn't work out for us. Um, we had a price in mind. We presented an offer. Um, the offer was declined. So from that point on, um, it was, we're going to build a collection from scratch. So, you know, we started, um, basically getting the word out there that this is what we were going to do. We were going to try to start a nonprofit video store. Um, we were taking donations and, it kind of just snowballed where we had a, a pretty decent collection to open the store with, but we still needed to find the funding to open the store. And um, so we had a Kickstarter and we met our match and the rest is history. So um, that's how Beyond Video started. Beyond Video was the end result in the, um, gosh, um, six six or seven year project of, of get you know, manifesting it from seed planted idea to uh, doors opening in um, December of 2018. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So 
How is that response? And 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 I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be surprised by the second half of this question, but well, part two of the question. Um, how has the response been in reviving what, in many respects, is a a throwback model? I, I looked briefly at that video that was on um, uh, the uh, what was GoFundMe maybe, and it mm-hmm. was just kind of like talking about like streaming is here and. You know, Netflix kind of moved away from that rental capacity and just everything is streaming. But I, I remember yeah. going into Philadelphia a few years back and I was like, I like the idea of a video store. I like that idea. I like going in, grabbing something, leaving out. There's something about that feeling. And then that's when I kind of became my eyes open and I saw your, your hypnotizing building. Uh, this is probably not too long after you guys opened. So how's the response been in reviving what appears to be like a throwback model and how has COVID maybe affected beyond video and kind of film culture overall? Um, I know many businesses have been affected like adversely by, by COVID um, like yeah. things have been changing, but film seems a little weirder. People are binging. So, so tell me about that and both of those sides of that question. Uh, so I've actually been quite surprised with um just how fast we've taken off because you know i opening the store none of us had any idea what the demand was going to be i mean you know opening a video store in 2018 we knew people would be excited about it um but we just didn't really have any idea about what to expect um which was kind of scary but from the moment we opened our doors it's been just overwhelmingly positive how many people um, have supported us and missed that sort of um, physical element of a video yeah. store. And I, I, I think it's, I think we kind of opened up at the right time because at the, um, the beginning of when the streaming happened, everyone just assumed that, the future was going to be at your fingertips and Netflix was going to have everything. Right. Um, but what happened was uh, other companies realized you could make money off of streaming. So now you have what, 20 or 25 streaming services, you know, and I'm probably <laughs> lowballing that number you are. considerably. <laughs> so now if you want to see everything, you have to have like countless different accounts mm-hmm. for 10, 12, $15 a month, whatever it is uh, that adds up. And again, even with all those accounts, you're still not going to get everything. Um, let's, let's put a pin in that real quick because I, I, I want to have an observation on that because I think you're absolutely right. And it, it's this kind of response to cutting the cord. It's like, no, they just gave us a digital cord because yeah, between my, my, my girlfriend and I, we have maybe six or seven things. And I, I do a movie review podcast and um, I was trying to review, I feel like Jungle Fever and I couldn't find it anywhere. And having uh-huh. all of these different platforms, even some of the free ones uh, like like. Um, what is it? Um, voodoo maybe. And, and things of that nature. Um, I couldn't find that. So I had to maybe go through ulterior means to find it. So, you know, it starts to add up. So it's like, it's going to be less than cable, but really it's not, it's not even cutting the cord. It's just a different version of the same cord. Exactly. Um, and I think people just in 2018, we're just starting to get burnt out by that. And, you know, it's just, with rights issues and, you know, it could be on Netflix one day and then gone the next month and on, on uh, Hulu. And so it's confusing and maddening to keep track of where everything is. 
Um, so having it all in under one roof and easily, um, well, I don't want to say that easily cause it, it can be a bit confusing to, if you've never been in a video store, but easy to navigate over time. Once you get the hang of where everything is, um, I mean, you can't, you can't match that. I mean, that's just having everything at your fingertips. And then if you don't see something asking someone if it's available mm -hmm. and if it's not available, you know, we could tr try to get it for you if it's affordable for us. Yeah. Um, it's, Netflix can't do that, you know, and streaming service can't do that. And plus you're just around people who love film and love to talk about film and can give you, Oh, if you like that one, here's five more recommendations <laughs> for you, you know, and that just snowballs into something completely different. Um, so I think opening when we did, um, a lot of people were feeling that burnout and, um, it's um, been amazing too to see old customers from Video American come in, still supporting a video store. Yeah. And what's really surprised me is um, young people coming in. And these young people are like in college now, and they never step foot in a video store really, which is weird <laughs> to me, which is insane to me. But it's, you know, when they were growing up and in schools, you know, you started to see the facing out of Blockbusters, Hollywood video, and all that. Yeah. And, um, so they come in and their eyes are just kind of confused and their questions always like, Oh, so you sell. And then we were like, no, we rent. And then we have to kind of explain to them what we do. And then once they realize what we are and what we do and what we have available, they're hooked and they come in every weekend, you know? Um, so it's been amazing to see that because I also thought maybe the younger, younger generation that didn't grow up with video stores wouldn't really support us in the way they do. But, um, uh, everything old comes back again, you know, with Absolutely. vinyl and, and cassette tapes. So, you know, th this is the next logical step, I guess, in that. No, I, I love it. And I feel like I, I, I just remember like, I'm like I'm 36. So what I used to do was um, on Fridays, I would get out with my dad uh, and it was a blockbusters trip. Right. And it mm -hmm. was, I'm he's going to get like six Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and he's going <laughs> to bring out the double, he's going to dub them joints and we're going to have them forever. And I just remember the saddest day of my life was when we had a flood in my basement at my mom's house and 600 tapes, including my student film, oh, no. all got ruined. And I was like, come oh. on. And so that was like my thing. I remember we used to, I just remember it was this one thing where I think the G.I. Joe and like movie, the animated joint was on uh -huh. regular TV. My brother and I had to go to school, so we missed it. But we asked my dad to uh, record it. So he did this whole dub move, had it recorded. And my mom didn't know. So she was just changing from channel to channel. So we had like the soaps <laughs> and stuff in there. And you can't get that from like streaming. You can't get that. You're waiting for something that, you know, you recorded earlier. That, that yeah. it doesn't work that way. And it's just something about this. I think this antiquated, but it's like you can revive it kind of vibe where you're sitting there with people that you care about and having a good time with something that's, you know, in a box. It's, it's just like, it's such a throwback thing to me. Mm -hmm. So you, you touched a little bit about like running the store. So give me what that typical day looks like. And I know that we don't really have typical days, quote unquote, anymore. But what does it, what would a typical day include? Um, well, a typical day for us right now, we're, um, open, um, three days a week. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three to nine. 
Um, Pre-COVID, we were open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But COVID uh, shut us down Mm -hmm. for about three months. Um, When we reopened, we reopened with very limited volunteers. And um, basically just the owners were working shifts in stores. So we were only open two days a week. Um, and then slowly as things open back up and more volunteers are coming in, um, we're back to three days a week and soon, hopefully back to four days a week. So, you know, there's no real typical day for us. When I open the door at three, um, to let customers in, you know, I, I tried to have that be my primary job of, you know, asking questions or getting answering questions uh finding the right movie for the right person returning movies you know and having fun too it's really enjoyable to just talk movies and um you know see what people are watching and just you know shoot the shit with people about movies all day um outside of that there's a lot of extra work that needs to be done uh primarily what takes up a majority of my time is entering movies. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we get like you know, anywhere between 50 to a hundred titles a week. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, that's a lot of entering in and you have to do it all manually and you have to, uh, make the labels and, um, put the barcode on and all, all that stuff, enter the cast, enter the director country, all that stuff. Um, so it's a lot of data entry, but it's fun. It's um, time consuming, but it's a way to learn the collection, uh, see what's coming in. Yeah. And um, then after that, I mean, the, the next thing would be the obvious of paying bills, keeping the doors open, um, uh, ordering stock online, um, trying to find good sales to get the most bang for our buck. Cause now that we have an income coming in, uh, we could actually, you know, purchase, we're not a hundred percent relying on donations. Like we were, um, we are purchasing, um, with a small allowance and getting new releases in and, um, just kind of, um, taking, um, customer requests too, mm-hmm. if, if there's something that we don't have. So that takes up a lot of time too, to put those orders together. Um, but I mean, it's all volunteer work. Yeah. No one gets paid. Um, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's truly a labor of love for all of us, um, involved. That, I, I mean, it, it is. And the, the thing that you said earlier about being able to shoot the shit with, with, with movie people and cinephiles and all that, that's, that's one thing that I just missed from like high school. Um, yeah. And being around, it's like, those are the people that I find interesting because I have, you know, decent knowledge of film and I'm interested in film and being able to get really into the weeds with it. But having a conversation with someone who is, that's literally what they do. I have a cursory kind of, kind of interest in that mm-hmm. area. But when it's somebody, that's what they do. It's like, oh, you're, you're a fount of information. Let me talk with you. Let me just sit here. Hey, mm-hmm. you need somebody to clock in? What do you need? Yeah. So, so, so tell me more actually about the, the Baltimore like film community or have you, I've seen the revivals, I've seen showcases in Statham, station North, but tell me more about the community as a person that that's in it. So yeah, the Baltimore film community, um, is been, it's very much a part of the Baltimore, um, art community. Sure. And I'm sure a lot of people are, are aware of that. And Baltimore has a great, solid art community it always has whether it's music whether it's graphic arts um 
whether it's the film community, uh, it, 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 it's small in a lot of ways, but um, that's a good thing mm -hmm. because I think it allows a lot of um, support um, and it gives a real community feel to it. Um, film, because it's so expensive to make movies, you know, it might not be as that faction of the art community might not be as big as the music community or the, the visual arts community in Baltimore. Um, but you know, like you said, with the revivals, um, with the Maryland film fest, I mean, they've grown into, you know, probably one of the better film festivals, definitely on the East coast, maybe in the whole country outside of you know the big sun dances and um, tribeca type film festivals as far as localized film festivals go um it's a, it's turned into a real destination for young filmmakers to have their, to have their work shown um so it's it's been excuse my dog barking in the background it's really funny actually the, the, the neighbor the neighbors are coming home and she's still pretty new to there we go. Still pretty new to the apartment. So we just got her like six months ago. Okay. Um, so yeah, the film community in the past like 15, 20 years with the growth, uh, growth of um, the Maryland Film Festival has really um, turned Baltimore into kind of a, like I said, destination spot to have their work shown. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, with, uh, you can't underestimate a good video store and Video American and, we were lucky to have two, two stores in Baltimore. I mean, you're lucky to have one of those stores in a major city, but we had two and they were just kind of incubators for creative thought and creative people. And, um, you know, we had a ton of artists coming through and just to get visual stimulation or, you know, find that obscure foreign animated title that, you know, could, um, uh, influence their next, next project and all of that. Um, so it's, it's a small city, but the art scene has always been great. And the fact that it's pretty cheap to live here too, um, kind of also makes it a destination city. I mean, not too many cities you could, um, walk dogs or clean houses and make ends meet and still have, you know, free time to make music or create art. So we're, we're very lucky to live where we are. Absolutely. And I think I think people sometimes they need to be like nudged to recognize that, that it's as I, I had a conversation earlier and it was described as Baltimore is manageable. It's manageable mm -hmm. to be a creative and, and have a life to um, be able to access things like everything is like 15 yeah. minutes away. And if you even want to stretch it out, if you want to, you know, go to uh, Shelbyville, D.C., <laughs> you can you can mm -hmm. do that, you know, and it's not like an hour away or going to other places. It might be an hour and a half to get to the next major city. But literally, we could just go down and have a little bit of a departure from Baltimore and you're less than an hour away from D.C., and it's all yeah. this cool stuff, great food, great everything here. And um, I think that's often like overlooked, especially at the price point. So speak of some of the advantages of, of being a, a video store running as a nonprofit, because that's that's really unique. Yeah, it is new, unique. And, um, you know, going into this project for me and a lot of the other owners, it was um, it was important that we were going to do this nonprofit. Um for me, it was, well, no one was a hundred percent sure. Just, you know, like I said, how successful or 
how this would take off. Um, but to me, and I always said this, the, the video store model, Mm -hmm. the idea of a video store, that idea never died. You know, what, what died was the business model. And the fact that Netflix promised you everything at your fingertips for $10 a month really just, you know, killed the video store there. Um, not so much the selection, but just the price point because you could get $10 a month, everything at your fingertips, you know, and I'm doing air quotes when I say everything, um, or $4 a movie, you know, per movie per title, which is, you know, just, I, I, I could working at the, I started working at the video American in 2003 mm-hmm. and stayed there until the close, the Charles village one in 2012. And, um, so I was there for the, the boon years of, you know, DVD just becoming a big thing and Blu-ray and, um, the end, sort of the last death gasp of, you know, trying to keep up with all these new streaming services. And, um, the collections, like I said, were unmatched. It was just people, you know, the, the financial strain was too much. So if we could somehow bring that financial, um, idea that, um, a streaming service has and pair that with your old school, uh, brick and mortar video store. I, I knew that we had something there, you know, so it, it's worked great. Cause I don't know if you're familiar our price point basically is, um, for $12 a month, you could rent three titles at a time. Yeah. Now you could rent three titles on a Friday, bring them back Saturday and rent three more. And it's still under that $12 a month plan. Um, so you could really get your bang for your buck if you, you know, um, make, make the effort to go in there and people do, I swear. I see people <laughs> in there every single day taking advantage of that. And it's great. It's absolutely great. Um, but it's, it works. I mean, it's an untraditional sort of financial system for a video store. Um, but it makes sense in 2021 right now, um, with just how many, just not streaming services, but just how many accounts people have that are just like, you know, put your credit card in and just forget about it. And then it's a monthly cost, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, um, I used to work in, um, I think I was telling you before we got started, I used to work at Verizon and, it, we used to call that a sticky product where, you know, if we can attach phone service to you, like nobody's using landline or anything along mm-hmm. those lines, but if we can attach it to you. You're like, you're less likely to leave because it's like, well, you know, the phone line is cheap. And if I go somewhere else, then it's multiple bills. And it's like, you're not even using it. Or the way that I start looking at this, cause I recently brought back Netflix just because I found myself just running out of things to watch. But I only have like Amazon Prime and and now Netflix. And it's one of those things where I I don't need six different platforms if I'm not going to watch more than a certain amount of hours in a week. It just doesn't make any sense. Find something else to enjoy. Or I find myself now just kind of reaching for movies that are just like not right there because I find like no, no shots. But with all of the content that these platforms are making their own original content, most of it I don't like. It has a has a stink on it that no, nah, there's no soul to this. There's no movie making to this. It, it just feels like, okay, you, you were able to buy a star and do this, but this still feels like a Netflix movie. Yeah. If, if uh-huh. that makes any sense. Yeah. So now that I've kind of shared my thoughts on streaming content, I think you, you, you mentioned yours earlier. Let's, let's talk about 
what advice would you give someone looking for a movie that seems to be out of print and is unavailable online? Um, I would say send us an email. Send us an email or give us a call at the store when we're open and we could uh, do the research for you. We could see for sure if it's definitely not available any place. Um, sometimes uh, there are import uh, DVDs available, um, Blu-rays. Um, and it might be streaming someplace or, yeah. you know, we might just have it buried in our collection too. I mean, it's just right now our collection is, um, we just passed 22,000 titles. Um, so if there's, if you're looking for something that you can't find, <laughs> it's, we could probably track it down for you if we don't already have it. So that's that's 22 with three zeros behind that. 22. Yes, <laughs> that is that is great. I'm on your website now. And I was like, oh, it's just 20. Oh, 21 plus. OK, okay I see you guys. I know we uh, we went from 21 to 22 very quickly. We had some big donations come in the past couple months. Um, so we um, put in an extra thousand probably within like, I don't know, two months, maybe three months, uh, um, the, which <laughs> is a lot of movies. A lot of movies to data entry, yeah, for sure. Um, so I have a few more questions. And um, uh, so now we start to get more to, um, actually, I have one more question. Um, so before we get to uh, rapid fire questions, because sure. people, people seem to like the rapid fire questions. And I, I put some new ones in there as you've talked. So just so you know. Uh, so what traits, this is put on yet that, that movie viewer hat, right? What traits are you looking for in an obscure movie? Is it, is it an actor? Is it a plot element? Is it like, this is a weird cover. I'm going to have to watch this. What are you looking for that really pops for you as a movie watcher? Well, out of everything that you just mentioned, I think cover uh, would, would <laughs> obviously draw me in. Um, I mean, another big part of my job is, um, tracking down movies, buying movies. Um, I do a lot of thrifting. I go to a lot of flea markets, a lot of estate sales. Um, and I've got a pretty good eye for, um, seeing what, what's in the, that section or collection and, and pulling out a few gems that you don't rarely, uh, see all the time. Um, yeah. and, um, I guess it's just like being a, you know, record collector or something like that, but it's so I know what I'm looking for. I know the titles that, you know, and, and, and more importantly, I know the labels, um, the distribution labels that have gone out of print and, um, might catch, you know, just aren't available or I know that go for insane prices on Amazon. Um, so I've got kind of like that sixth sense, um, when I walk into these things, um, but cover, you know, Covers what always will draw you in. And if you see a cover that looks insane and you just have to pick it up and you read the back and it isn't indeed insane, then I'm taking that. I'm taking the chance and paying two bucks for that. And you'll, <laughs> you'll find it in our cult section. So that's one of my favorite sections at the store, by the way, is the, our yeah. cult section, because it's just a lot of that batshit crazy stuff that we found that just, you know, doesn't really have a section that it cleanly goes into and it's stuff that we haven't seen. So it's just kind of like, you know, view at your own risk type stuff. I'm, I'm here for it though. Like, uh, I mean, I've been doing this deep dive into old horror movies and, uh, 
I remember I was sitting there watching Chopping Mall and my girlfriend was like, oh, yeah. what the hell are you watching? Uh-huh. I was like, yo, it's robots in a mall killing people and shit. And she was yep. like, I'm gonna go back to cooking. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, all right, and, you're missing out. <laughs> going back to cover, I mean, that cover is amazing if you see it. it it's, is. Yes. it's like a decapitated robot hand holding like a shopping bag. And it's. I remember being a kid and seeing that in the video and I've never seen Chopping Mall, but like that cover like has just been burnt into my memory and we have it at the store and um you know you're reminding me i probably should put it on uh and see it but it's just that that's one of my favorite covers i think of any like exploitation horror movie the 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 one that sticks out for me and it next thing is going to be rapid fire the one that sticks out for me is shocker because i remember as a kid and that cover with uh with mitch Pelegi that's being electrocuted or what have yeah, you in the or in the orange jumpsuit yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. I remember seeing it as a kid. I watched it for the first time recently. It is so much loony shit happening in it. You have the dudes of wrath doing the soundtrack, and <laughs> I just break into singing it really grungily, like I'm Eddie Vedder or something. Uh-huh. And my girl just looks at me. She's just like, "You're having way too much fun." And <laughs> I had her watch it with me, and now we just do things that happen in it, like when um when he like runs over the cop car and he like fist pumps like yeah we just do that now in conversation it's great yeah we have a lot of fun uh so now it's time for some rapid fire it is now eight questions because you've dropped some gems and i don't think you know you've dropped some gems so now i have more questions um so the way that rapid fire works is you don't need to provide any extra context. You, the, the, the answer is the answer. Like pretty much I said what I said, you know, that's the way I look at these answers. So um, now we can, we can go with it. Let's see what we got. Aside from a video American, blockbuster or Hollywood video? Uh, my first guess would be neither, but I would, I would go for blockbuster. Favorite movie set in Baltimore? Um. <laughs> Favorite movie would have to be um, polyester um, or or hairspray. Got to stick with John Waters. Okay. Um, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and also say The Wire because I think The Wire is just one of the best things that have ever come out of the city creatively. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. You're, you're on that one. Uh, in your personal collection, most prized movie, like one that you just paid the most for, the rarest. What What, what is that movie for you? <laughs> Ooh, um, that movie, um, I'm not going to steal it for context. (laughs) I've got a couple out of print ones, um, that fetch a couple few dollars on, on (laughs) Amazon, uh, cockfighter with more notes, which is an out of print, um, uh, movie, uh, by Monty Hellman who did two lame blacktop. Um, and cockfighter is about war notes being a, in the cockfighter world. Uh, it's a great, it's a great movie. If you could stomach actual cockfights in the movie. Oh. Um, but I'm, I'm a big war notes fan in that one. I absolutely just really in, into it's pretty crazy. I could dig it. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, what movies are you watching? What's the most recent movie you watched? Uh, most recent movie I watched, uh, was last night. I rewatched a, um, old Burt Lancaster movie called crisscross, um, a film noir movie. Um, it's, um, it was very good, just as better than I remembered it. But, um, been watching a lot of horror movies, October's horror month, you know? So pretty much all of October, I exclusively watched, um, horror movies, um, for 31 days. So (laughs) I'm just coming out of that, uh, that, 
that, that world right now. So trying to see some other genres. You get it. I, I think we started off the month really strong and realized that Malignant is more of an action movie than a horror movie. <laughs> oh, really? That's I we I didn't get around to seeing that, but uh, my my, a, girl, my girlfriend is, I think will make me watch it pretty soon. Oh my! Just when you see it, and there is a scene involving furniture, text <laughs> me. Text me when that scene happens because I you almost will miss it, and you're like, hold up, did that just happen? Uh, it's it's great. Um. A couple more. Um, you mentioned um, cult area, kind of that is that catch all for the most batshit stuff that you got. What is the most popular genre in your store? Um, easily horror section and our director's room. Our director's room is um, it's not really a genre, but it is categorized by director in alphabetical order. And we have about 260 plus directors on there. Oh, wow. Um, so those two sections, I th- including new releases too. Um, those three sections are, are definitely the most trafficked. Um, it's, you know, it's especially with Halloween being last month. I mean, people were just getting handfuls of scary movies, which is great, which I love. <laughs> I love October and working in the video store in October. Um, cause you see some people renting some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, erotic horror movies. Like, oh, yeah. there's nudity at this scene. Um, excluding popcorn. What is your go-to movie snack? Uh, if I, I'm not really a snack person when I, okay. when I movie watch, I'm kind of a purist, but um, <laughs> if you twist my arm, I'd probably say snow caps. Legit. Strangest movie you've seen in the last year. Uh, strangest movie that I've seen in the last year. Um, I just saw one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it is, um, it's called frozen assets. Uh, it's with Shelley long and Corbin Burnson. And it's from the, um, early nineties. The quality is so bad oh, that no. you think it's maybe from the late seventies, but it's, it's a ridiculous premise in which Corbin Burnson plays, um, a banker who gets transferred to a new bank branch, but they don't tell him that it's a sperm bank. Oh, um, yes, it's, a comedy but every single joke it makes falls terribly flat um it is painful to watch it made me angry watching it um i've never quit on a movie like i've never turned it off midway through i you know i've got to if i got to start what i what i um got to finish what i start so i watched all of it and it was easily just it was appalling. It was absolutely appalling. Like even for lovers of bad cinema, it was just not enjoyable. <laughs> I, I admire that quality of like finishing a bad movie or finishing a movie that, you know, is going to be a turd. Uh, so yeah, I, I admire that. Um, I got one more. Let me take a look at what I have here. Uh, favorite movie cliche. Um, and, and I'll, and I'll add a little preface to it. One of the things I like to do when I'm watching a movie is, kind of joke about it when it's obvious like a prequel or what have you and i'll say oh um dot 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 origins i just put like some of these like canned like subtitles with it like oh yeah that's origins right there Mm -hmm. that's uh it's like uh beyond video origins it's Mm -hmm. like "Mm, you just rebooted this that's all this is so what is that that movie cliche for you um like you know guys not looking at explosions what's what's the thing for you you know, I, I've always been a fan of the um, upbeat montage with uh, the peppy <laughs> soundtrack, yeah. um, whether it's, you know, uh, 
a guy getting shit done or, you know, uh, a, a woman busting ass in the work world. If it's too like, uh, you know, nine to five by Dolly Parton or I have the tiger <laughs> by, um, in Rocky, it's just sort of, it never, it's always, it's like a music video, you know, it's, it's yeah. basically inventing the music video with these montages. And, um, it's, it's never going to get old to me because you, they, they put about 30 minutes of storytelling in, <laughs> in like two and a half minutes, you know? So it saves me a lot of time. I'm not a fan of the long movie. So anything that yeah. can speed the movie up, um, and get me singing and tapping my foot in the meantime, I'm a big fan of, so this is why I try to get over to people. One of my proudest moments as a podcaster is having someone finish off. Um, there's no easy way. There's no easy, easy way out. There's no shortcut home. And, uh, <laughs> and literally the guy that's doing the production, he just kicks into that whole Rocky freaking segment for Rocky four. And I was like, yes. Like when we did a review of it, like last year, I was like, oh, so which move music video is your favorite part of this movie? I was the way I framed it because there's no scenes. It's just an extended music video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the movie might be 86 minutes long, which is just ah, just chef. Yeah. kiss. Yeah, that's nice. So that's all that I have. But I want to open open the floor up to you to um, shamelessly plug. Um, tell people where they can get um, the, to sign up to, to, to get that twelve dollar package and pull up and website, social media, all of that good stuff. And, and thank you so much, Kevin, for being on the podcast. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so it's beyond video. Um, we're on Howard Street right by the auto bar, um, conveniently located right next to the auto bar. Like you said, it's the big um, black and white uh, hypnotizing uh, paint job out front. So you can't, uh, can't go wrong there. Um, even if you don't want to get a membership and you want to support us, you could go to our website, um, and visit us beyondvideo.org. Um, there are people that just love what we're doing and support us with uh, a monthly donation, which is, you know, great. If you have movies, you want to donate to the collection, bring them on by the store. When we're open, we could go through them. Um, we have, you know, boxes and boxes of donations that we could go through. And even if it's stuff that we have, we could put them to good use and flip it for stuff that we don't have. So yeah. don't be ashamed to, you know, if your collection isn't up to snuff or if it's a bunch of like popular titles, like we'll still find a home for them. So don't worry about it. Um, you can find us on social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, um, Facebook, but we're not as active on Facebook as the other two. And, um, we have, we also have, um, we're going to be part of the, um, flea market at the auto bar at the last, I believe it's the last Sunday in November. So, um, we'll have a lot of fun, weird stuff, um, being sold there at the table, um, including used, used movies, new movies, collectible movies, rare movies, and a bunch of other, uh, surprises that might be, uh, uh, one of a kind items to that special person. So well, there you have it folks. Thank you so much, Kevin Quillo for coming on to the podcast and um, shout out to Beyond Video. Um, and I want to just sign off from there saying that I'm Rob Lee and there is art in and around Baltimore and in movies. Movies. Go to Beyond Video. Get some movies. Sign up, guys. Make a donation. Um, so that's it. That's the podcast, guys. Yeah.